Hi, this is Tom Harvey, the Economy Guy. This podcast is all about macroeconomics. It's what's going on in the world around us and what it is can possibly do for us or to us. And welcome. This is an educational show. I want to just give you facts, figures, and some of my opinions so that you can make your own personal informed investing decisions. Good morning, everyone. This is the Economy Guy, and it's Sunday, April the 26th. Did everyone see the photographs of those Californians on the beach? I thought it was lovely. Of course, they weren't following the instructions of staying home, but they were having fun, and there were a lot of them, and they were not staying six feet away from one another, as far as I could see. Oh, well, I think there's a lesson there, and they uh, want to see the world, and they're tired of being inside. Okay, let's start with the markets. Dow Jones was 23,775. That's down 500 points for the week. That's roughly the same. That's not going anywhere fast yet until the bad news hits in the future. The 10-year Treasury, 0.60%. That's down slightly, but that just says the Fed has a firm control on the uh, interest rates. Gold, 1730. Up big time. Lovely. It came back, burst through 1700 again. Uh, didn't go as low as I thought it would go uh, before that. So, uh, well, who am I? Anyway, Bank of America came out and said gold's going to hit 3000 in 2021. Hmm. Uh, the fear index, VIX, was 36, about the same as it has been. A lot of fear out there. This, these markets are not going to be less fearful. They'll only become more fearful in the next month, in my opinion. And the last but not least, certainly not least, is oil. Oil was the big story this last week. On Monday, it hit a 22-year low. Big red flag, red flag, red flag, red flag. Oil went down. Well, what's going on with oil? Well, it's really simple. Uh, best estimates are that because of the virus around the globe, 30 million barrels per day less are being consumed. Less than uh, before the virus. But uh, production continues, and only 10 billion million barrels per day uh, has been agreed to be reduced. So, 30 is what you need to reduce, 10 is what is being reduced. It doesn't sound like the problem is solved. Big excess. Oil prices are going to be low for a long time in that environment. Uh, but there was a big lesson to be learned there, and that is the futures market in oil. Uh, well, what happened was on Monday, which was the last day that the uh, May contract for oil, long oil, could be exercised because Tuesday it would be expired. Uh, people were getting rid of their contracts and selling, and they, the contract sold for a low of minus $40 per barrel. That's minus $40 per barrel. I, if you think negative interest rates are crazy like I do, negative oil prices are crazy too, but they are possible. There's a big lesson there. Learn the lesson. Prices can become totally irrational. Uh, people were buying it at minus 30, thinking that it had to turn around, and it went to minus 40. Those people lost money. Uh, bad, 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 bad. Um, oh, goodness gracious. Uh, 
So a little education here. There are two kinds of oils out there that are quoted. One is the uh, Brent oil, that's in the North Sea around England, and the other one is WTI, or West Texas Intermediate, and that's the U.S. oil price. I always quote the U.S. oil price uh, just because that's a habit. And uh, just for knowledge's sake, uh, Brent oil sells for about six bucks a barrel more than WTI oil does. So, so be that. What's the future uh, for oil? Well, I think there's a bunch of oil producers that are going to go out of business. They're going to go bankrupt because they cannot stand to be in this uh, with low, low prices. They're losing money when they pump oil. So they've got to stop or they will go bust faster. So that's it for the first round, and I'll be back with more interesting stuff. Back again, and let's talk about the financial news that happened this last week. Oh, how about the property market? Well, it's kind of taken a, a minor slice of the property market. Look at strip malls. How about strip malls? Did you know that only... Uh, 30 to 50% of the people who are renting strip malls paid their rent in April. Uh, and that's much better than people that are in indoor malls, which are a real disaster. So I thought I'd just throw that at you for what it's worth. It's what's going on in our financial world out there today. Uh, not good if you're a strip mall holder. And uh, because we need to get back to work, don't we? Yes. How about car sales? What, is, what are car sales doing? In April, it is estimated that car sales will be down 50%. 50, that's 5-0, And that's um, down further. That's an average for all car sales. That's uh, down further than 50%, maybe 60 or 66% for imports. And it's more in the 30s for uh, domestic cars. So that's what's going on in car sales. Not a good sign. Okay, how about the unemployment claims? Another week of high claims, 4.4 million people claimed unemployment again. Uh, that is now a total of 26 million people, or roughly 16.6% of the pre-virus employment force. Uh, that's a huge number. Uh, don't, I mean, this, we're not, these are numbers are people, and these are really meaningful. Uh, the unemployment rate's going to be coming out for April in the near future. And uh, it's estimated that it's guessed, it's gonna, estimate means guess, that it's going to be between uh, 16 and 26 percent, probably 20 to 24 percent. And uh, later on, it'll be 30 percent. Another month on, think about May or June. Uh, bad news. Unemployment like that rate is true Great Depression rates. Uh, here's an interesting, uh, the S&P 500 shares, those are very important companies. Uh, for five straight quarters, the year-over-year -year net profit for those for the five S and P five hundred has declined. This is the first time ever. Another red flag, red flag, red flag. But any, any first times are red flags. So profits are going down. They started going down before the virus happened. Remember, five quarters we're talking about. That's a year and a quarter away. It started. Um, this is amazingly bad news. For shares, um, uh, because the future profits are going to be worse. I mean, the virus is going to crash profits. It's going to massively hurt profits. So if you think it's bad now, it's going to be worse. So guess where my prediction is for share prices? Well, the only thing that's keeping share prices up is the money that the Fed is pumping into the market today. 
There's nothing else holding it up right now. So uh, given a real market, it, it should be much lower. Uh, belt valuations kind of say the S&P 500 is on the high side of valuations right now, not the low side. And that's where it sits today. So be back in a second. We'll talk about Europe a little while. Okay, let's start talking about Europe. There are things, there is a Europe and life goes on. You know that the EU would just love to have Britain, uh, the UK, uh, stay in the EU a little longer. In other words, have a Brexit extension is the words. Uh, <clears throat> and the UK naturally have said because they're negotiating for a trade deal, supposed to be done by the end of this year, uh, that they're not going to extend it. They're out one way or another at the end of this year. That's what the UK official position is. But everybody changes their mind every day. So, But what it means to Britain, if there is a Brexit extension, is that it means the UK would get to pay for the EU virus costs. That's what it means. It means a great big bill. So I think there's a big incentive for the UK not to extend Brexit. Uh, it's my opinion that the UK will probably be one of the worst virus nations in the world. Uh by some kind of standards, and I'm sorry to have to say that, and I'm saying it because the UK is allowing 100,000 people per week into the UK without any virus checks at all. Uh, I noticed in the latest news, Heathrow employees are out uh, making uh, loud noises about that. They want checks to be done on the people coming in because they don't want to catch the virus from these people coming off the airplanes. Not good for the UK. Really not good. They need to have a little stricter controls, in my opinion. Okay, let's talk about the European Central Bank. That's like the Fed for the Europe, for the EU Europe. European Central Bank is thinking of creating a quote-unquote bad bank. And that bad bank would hold all the bad assets that are currently held in EU banks from the last crisis. That was 2008-2009. There were a bunch of bad assets that were accumulated by banks because they made bad loans, and uh, they are holding those today. But the economic future is not bright. It's very dim, and these these banks, are their future is being jeopardized. So one way to save them is to pull all the bad assets out, put them into something called a bad bank, which is going to be a really bad bank, which would then sell these things on pennies on the dollar, send those, sell those bad assets. That's the way it's done. Uh, I've been uh, and lived in Ireland for a while when the last uh, crisis occurred, and they had a bad bank that took all of the bad uh, housing loans from all of the Irish banks and put them into the bad bank, and then they were sold off pennies on the dollar, and that was the solution. And uh, and while I didn't agree with everything that went on in Ireland at the time, that is a solution that's tried and true and uh, helps banks survive. Uh, I don't think it's a great idea to help banks survive that have made bad loans, but politicians do. Now, uh, the, is the European Central Bank actually hiding behind this virus crisis and making a big smokescreen in order to make this happen? Uh, certainly the virus crisis is scaring the bejeebers out of them. Now, here's the real rub. If they do that, then there would be no punishment for the bank shareholders and bondholders which is required by law when you have bad loans. You're holding bad assets. That's it for Europe right now. Be back in a second.
Let's talk about what's going on in the United States and with the Federal Reserve right now. Why do I talk about the Fed? I think it's worth justifying my action here. It's because the U.S. dollar is the reserve currency of the world and the Fed leads the world in central banking. Let's take as a, just a minor expression of that the amount of Fed stimulus that they've been doing. They've done uh, 35% of the U.S. GDP. And if you measure it that way as a percentage of GDP, you can compare countries around the world more fairly. And that's more than any other nation. The EU is doing 21.5%. And uh, Japan is 23%. And the U.K. is 14%. God help the U.K. And China, if you can believe China, any numbers out of China, it was it's 12%. So the Fed is just pumping money like it needs to pump. Now, Congress just passed a stimulus bill, $484 billion. That's kind of to top up the PPP program. That's the uh, SBA, Small Business Administration Program, loans that are really just giving money to people and trying to get it to employees rather than get them having them being unemployed. Uh, and did you know Congress is talking about another stimulus bill. They called the last one they passed the interim. And the next one, I don't, don't think they'll ever use the word final. That's not the way Congress thinks. Now, let's talk about the word stimulus, because stimulus is not stimulus. Don't believe anybody when they say that they are having stimulus bills or the Fed is stimulating the economy. That's baloney. It's only replacing lost money. That's what these things are doing. A real stimulus bill is actually cre creates something productive like fixes bridges or builds airports or, you know, actually you can see it, hold it. It's tangible. Ah. Okay, so uh, the current things that uh, the government is doing is just keeping us level. It's not pushing us forward at all. And that's not bad because if he didn't do it, we would fall way back. We're just going to fall back as it is. Okay, what's the Fed doing? Dude, the Fed has, I don't know, oh, almost a dozen different programs with a long set of acronyms for each one. But one of those programs is buying junk bonds, and uh, meaning very low quality, the lowest possible investment grade quality, which is junk, um, you can buy and still be legal, according to the Fed. And they're doing that in order to keep those companies open, because otherwise those companies would probably go bankrupt in the current economic environment. So why keep them going rather than allowing them to be bankrupt? It's to allow the employees to remain employed. It's going right along with the whole philosophy of our stimulus, <laughs> not stimulus, uh, that we're doing. So another piece of fun education. Be right back talking about what does normal mean? Let's return to normal. Let's have a snapback economy. Let's have a V-shaped return of the economy to normal. Well, guess what, guys? That's never going to happen. None of that. Those are the things you hear all the time, every day on the news, but we're never going to return to normal. That means my definition of normal is the pre-virus economy. It's never going to go back there. There's gonna, there are going to be permanent changes that are created by this environment that we're in now. We live in unprecedented historic 
and economic times. And uh, you'll be able to tell your grandchildren that you what you did to fight this war. So good for you. Uh, hang in there and keep fighting. Uh, well, let's talk about what does return to anything mean. We need uh, businesses to open. I mean, there, there are talk about that. Have it, let's get back to work, right? But to open businesses, you need customers. Every business needs customers. Are you going to get customers? I mean, well, I talked about, is everybody going to go out and buy that car they were going to buy before? Or are they going to be holding off because uh, economic times aren't as good as they were before the virus, as before the virus, right? Uh, you know, what, what are they doing? Are they going to run right out and... Uh, Go to the restaurants that they've uh, frequented before. Well, there was a poll, and I, you know I don't like polls, but there was a poll that asked people that question, and 70% of the people said, no, they're not going back to that restaurant because they're not that confident that things are going to be safe. And over 80% of the respondents said they're not going to fly on an airline or go to a major event like a football game, baseball game, concert, something. Uh, that says people are not going to go back quickly uh, V-shaped recovery means it goes down quickly, comes back quickly. I think we're going to be something much closer to an L-shaped recovery. Down quickly and stay down. And with a slight upward bias, we'll come back. Uh, if we come back any faster than my pessimistic thoughts are right now, it'll be because of the American entrepreneurialism. So, uh, how about companies that are out there right now? The, the normal everyday company lives on something called 30-day credit. I mean, they buy something on credit, they pay the bill after 30 days. That's normal business practice. And, uh, but businesses aren't making any money. They can't pay it after 30 days. Well, they, did they get the loan? Yeah, some did, some didn't. So maybe they can pay, start paying things with that loan. Who knows what's going to happen? But there are a bunch of companies out there that leveraged, leveraged themselves highly. And when, anytime you leverage yourself on anything, it's dangerous. Uh, and in this bad environment, they, those people that are highly leveraged will probably go bankrupt. They will never open because they just can't pay the bills. It's too, they owe too, too much. So that's what I think about what is the word normal. Next, being a, hopefully a little bit more optimistic, I want to talk about the virus. Okay, on with the virus. What's going on in that world? Let's talk about Fort Detrick. Fort Detrick is the premier, world's premier, but U.S., biological warfare center. And uh, they study biologically, biological warfare things, and they are the preeminent uh, group that uh, uh, studies how you counter... Uh, biological agents that are sent through the mail in envelopes. If you remember the anthrax was sent through the mail uh, not too long ago, well, they, they were the ones that understood that. In fact, we had a big problem with it. Uh, but they are studying something called oleandrum. And oleandrum is a, uh, comes from the oleander plant. You probably might have that in your yard. You know, if a dog eats it, it's poisonous to them. They have to get rid of it quickly. And they are looking at that, and they have been studying it for years uh, against uh, all kinds of things, like cancer. It's, it has a very promising thing. And whether it will fight the virus. And indeed, it looks very promising it will fight the virus. And they're going to be starting some human trials with a company called Phoenix Biotechnology on this uh, 
it's very promising. And what's really promising is you can uh, make a lot of it quickly because it's a natural substance, not man-made. Okay, there are, uh, in addition to that, there are 71 plans to make viruses out there against this, vaccines out there against this virus. And there are only 10 are worth funding. In other words, 10 out of the 71 might work. 61 will fail. Uh, that says the failure rate of creating a vaccine is extremely high. And that's not a business that you really want to be in. Anyway, so let's talk about how do you get back to work? How are we going to do that? Well, there's one state out there that has a, actually has a plan. And it really sounds like a, a, a way to go forward. And that is you take the population you break them into five groups, and those groups are from low to high risk to the virus. Okay, you know what real high risk is very old people with lots of preconditions, right? That's the highest group. The lowest group are uh, younger people, healthy, uh, no, no factors, any other factors going. So the, and so you can grade those into five things. That means that the low ones, 80% of the people can immediately go back to work. Will they be uh, exposed to virus? Yeah, probably, but they can handle it is kind of the, what the idea is. And the people that can't won't be going back to work. And and how do you keep the older people who are uh, have a high risk, the high risk group, how do you make them stay home? And the answer is they're thinking of actually giving them money to stay home. Give them financial incentive. Very interesting. Well, money generally works. Okay, so that's an interesting thought to begin with. That's without anything different. But we need testing. You know, today we're doing about 200,000 tests per day. That's way not enough. Not enough. Uh, uh, one of the better estimates I've seen is you need at least 500,000 tests per day. All those companies that are going to be opening up, they'll want tests themselves. Well, they're not getting any tests today, and they, but they need them. So we need to really ramp up testing, the creation of the tests and the creation of the test results. And there's a bunch of laboratories out there that are not doing anything today. They're the old blood test laboratory, but they're competent. They could actually analyze the virus tests. Why aren't we doing that? We need, this whole area needs some work, some big work. I, uh, uh, without knowing anything, I have confidence that work is being done, but I would like to see it being done faster. Uh, now, when will the uh, when the vaccine is available, when a vaccine is actually available, if you go back to that state's way of operating, then you prioritize who gets it. You give it to the healthcare workers first. You give it to the necessary services like food services and power services. Next, you give them to those people. Make sure that they're definitely healthy. Okay, so, and then you go down the list of priority to the, for the people that get the vaccine in that order. That is probably the fastest way to get us back and working that I've seen. I'm happy to have uh, seen people are thinking about this. Be talking to you next week. Have a great week out there. Watch what's going on. This is the Economy Guy saying... Goodbye. Thank you for joining us. Please hit the subscribe button on your podcast reader to get future podcasts. This is Tom Harvey. I am an investor myself, not a financial advisor. Nothing in this podcast should be construed as advice or a solicitation to trade. 
and we disclaim any responsibility for any negative effects of actions people might take.